Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we're going to talk about lasers. Now, you know, when I was young, laser tag was a game you would play, and I know that you're not supposed to point lasers at pets or pilots, but now it's actually an FDA-approved treatment for acute and chronic pain. So today we have our local laser expert, Les Iskovitz, and he is going to talk to us a little bit about his over 14 years of experience with lasers, how they work, why they work, and what types of medical conditions can they treat. Les, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Kozak. Tell me a little bit, you know, lasers. I think of this as something I play with, you know, the red light my cat chases or something, you know, laser tag when I was younger. Can't say I was ever good at that. But this is a totally different type of application of lasers. What are lasers and what is it that they do? Well, a lot of people, when they think of lasers, they, they think about uh, James Bond movies and surgical lasers and things that are that are hot and cutting. But these are actually therapeutic lasers that are non-thermal. There's no heat that's produced uh, on the skin from these lasers. And what they do is they, uh, at a certain wavelength, certain power, uh, and certain frequency, they generate a a biostimulating phenomenon that stimulates the production of more ATP uh, in the mitochondria of the cell. So basically what it's doing is there's photoreceptors on the cells And the laser light stimulates that to a biostimulating effect that accelerates healing in the body. So when we talk about, boy, I was just reading something about ATP and mitochondria. And, you know, when we're talking about stimulating some type of therapeutic response, if we stimulate these cells, are they then generating some different healing mechanisms with the local area and the tissue around it? Yes. It has both a local and a systemic effect on the body. And we don't really know exactly why it works, but we do know that uh, because science can't really measure how, how it, uh, what it's doing in the body. But we know it's effective because using this gold standard of medicine, which is randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled studies, uh, we know that the laser is very effective at treating a wide range of conditions because this laser has obtained now uh, 13 separate FDA clearances. So you mentioned that gold standard trial. That would be a trial where you would basically take a group of people, make sure they were relatively similar, had similar medical conditions, and then you would randomize them. Some people would get active treatment. Some people would get treatment that is not what they're studying. It would be inactive or otherwise known as placebo treatment. So you're blinding this study. Double-blinded means the patient doesn't know which treatment they're getting. The provider doesn't know which treatment they're getting. They do an analysis, some type of measure, whether it be a biochemical analysis, laboratory studies, blood pressure measurements, in this case, pain measurements, and then they compare the two groups. The study people, they know who got the actual treatment and who got the placebo or or sham treatment or, or fake treatment or however we want to call it. But nobody else does. So then they collect that data, compare the two groups, do an analysis, and they try to determine if something is what we call statistically significant. Could this difference between the treatment group and the non-treatment group be secondary to chance? Or is it so unlikely that it has to be secondary to some type of therapeutic effect? That's that randomized trial we're talking about. Correct, yes. So they've done these kinds of trials using, is this a particular type of laser? I mean, obviously, it's not like I'm going to go buy one at the pet store and then start treating myself. This is a particular type of laser. Yeah, it's, all, it's the manufactured by a company called Erconia. 
uh, Arconia.com is the website where they have a lot of information of their, their, their cleared lasers. They're made in America. They're made in Florida. And this is the only company that's actually spent millions of dollars sponsoring the rigorous medical uh, scientific research to prove that they work. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that say they work. But, you know, Arconia is really, for the last 20 years now, has been sponsoring research to prove that it works. Because that's the only way we can get allopathic medicine to believe in it is to make sure that the clinical studies that are placebo-controlled actually show it works. So with studies like our plantar fasciitis and uh, studies for the post-surgical pain, we're seeing the reduction of pain in 80% of the patients treated with the actual laser as opposed to a 15% reduction in pain in the placebo uh, so showing a, a huge difference between placebo and uh, actual uh, laser being administered. So we mentioned a couple of terms I just want to review. So we yeah. talked about the Arconia, which is the manufacturer in the group of the laser that we're talking about. But you also mentioned allopathic medicine. That would be the conventional medicine. I went to medical school. I did a residency. As opposed to sort of looking at naturopathic types of ways that you become a physician, other alternative practices, chiropractic, acupuncture. You know, these days we're looking at all the different approaches to pain because we're recognizing that we have a crisis in the use and potential abuse of different pain medications. We call them opioids. You know, there's all different issues with starting people on doses and having them unfortunately become dependent on it, having doses not work for people. So this seems like it's a great part of the armamentarium of what we can offer patients in acute and chronic pain to try and help to treat that. So you mentioned one of the studies was looking at plantar fasciitis. This is a condition where you have some difficulties with a problem with your foot, and it causes some fairly significant pain every time you stand on it. So what did they study exactly, and what are these treatments that were done involving the laser for that particular situation or really any situation, how would this be applied? Walk me through an office visit where we might do this. Well, for example, this is, uh, example uh, plantar fasciitis, uh, they have a laser called the FX635. It has three movable heads. And basically, you're just lying down and you're positioning the laser heads so they treat the foot that's in pain. So it's not heating up my foot. Nope. Am I noticing that the laser is actually doing something or immediately I don't feel anything? You, uh, most people don't feel anything. It doesn't really generate any heat. But some people who are really sensitive to energy may feel something. Uh, but you can see the light because it's a visible red light, 635 nanometer wavelength. And you just lie there and it's a 10-minute uh, treatment and you come twice a week for three weeks and your plantar fasciitis pain goes away. So it's not just a one-treatment wonder. You might see some relief the first treatment, but because this is something that may require several episodes of care, kind of like physical therapy. I mean, some people, I guess, can go to physical therapy once and be cured, but for most people, it requires a little more effort, a little more intensity, so you have to continue to do something. So in this case, you come in, you mentioned for plantar fasciitis, twice a week, 10 minutes, about three weeks, and out of those groups of people who have done the six weeks of treatment versus those who had six weeks of non-treatment. You mentioned there's a fairly significant chance it's going to resolve. Oh, yeah. There's two articles, actually, that are published in peer-reviewed journals that discuss these clinical studies by the principal investigators. And they were very impressed because they first did it for the first few months to see how well it worked. And then they followed them for up to a year. And the laser was just incredibly effective, like over 80% treated with plantar fasciitis, the chronic heel pain that comes with plantar fasciitis, the pain went away. And uh, with the placebo, there was very few. 
and there's no cutting, there's no scalpels, there's no needles, there's no sutures. This is really a non-invasive, it sounds like painless way to treat what is otherwise an extremely painful condition. Yeah, there's, there's zero, there's never been a negative side effect report in over a million treatments given with this laser in the 15 years that they've been uh, FDA cleared. And there's, it's risk-free, it's non-invasive, and, and there's absolutely no reason why people shouldn't be using them, why doctors in particular shouldn't be using them. So I'm curious, you mentioned there's no side effects. So there really isn't any potential damage to normal tissue around the area. Correct. There's no chance that it can affect normal tissue. There's no chance that it can increase cancer, cell growth. It can't do any of that. I got to tell you, sign me up, although I don't have plantar. Luckily, I don't have plantar fasciitis. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio. We're talking lasers today and why it is that these may be the next big step in treatment and an integrative approach in acute and chronic pain. When we come back, we're going to talk more with my expert, Les Iskovich, and we are going to talk some more about how I can pronounce your name correctly. I know. I saw that. Look, I didn't do it right. But uh, we're going to talk some more about lasers. What other body ailments can it treat? And how do you know if it's effective? We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Les Itzkowitz, and we're talking today about lasers. And, you know, I'm learning just like everybody else is about what are these different approaches we can take to acute and chronic pain. You know, a lot of times in school we're taught, give people pain medicine, give them inflammation, anti-inflammatories, have them take some type of pain pill to try and help with their symptoms. But in a lot of cases, that really isn't a good long-term solution. Right before the break, we talked about plantar fasciitis, that painful heel condition. What other, what other sorts of conditions have we seen improvement with the lasers in treating? Well, the, the thing that I'm most excited about, really, and what I've worked with for, uh, for so many patients over the last 14, 15 years, is their post-surgical uh, pain relief. What they can do for rapidly reducing pain, accelerating the healing of wounds, and minimizing scarring is just remarkable. So what types of surgeries? Uh, any kind of surgery. I, uh, it could be uh, uh, orthopedic, like a replaced knee, replaced hips, uh, cardiac, uh, repla- you know, fixing a, a sternotomy after, it's, after chest has been opened up, uh, neck surgery um, for you know, uh, removal of tumors. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you're sitting a few feet away from me. I had my whole neck opened up two years ago with a neck di- total neck dissection and a partial sternotomy. And just from a few feet away, you can see that you can't even see a scar. No, I, I wouldn't my, have known that. And my whole neck and chest was opened up. So that's what it does is it, it rapidly reduces the pain, reduces the use of opioids because the two clinical studies that were used uh, uh, for, to get these clearances, the, the peer-reviewed articles both confirmed that the use of opioids was reduced in the laser-treated patients. And that's why I think it's so important right now with the opioid epidemic. 
So we've talked about sort of the non-invasive inflammatory condition, plantar fasciitis. Now we're talking about post-surgery issues. So someone who would have had a surgery, whether it be, you said anywhere, appendectomy, cardiac surgery, knee replacement, you name it, that there is an option in areas which have actually been cut and sutured and had some sort of invasive procedure. So how does it work? Is it the same mechanism that it stimulates some type of ATP synthesis in the mitochondria, which results in a biochemical improvement in the nearby cell area so that it brings these healing elements to the cells? Exactly. It just it, it, it speeds everything up. You know, this, all the wound-mediating factors that things get attracted to the wound, all that just gets sped up. We, there's theories, there's articles I could share that talk about theories about why it's happening. But like I mentioned, we can't measure it. Uh, but but the, the thing I like about wound healing is you can see it. It's so demonstrative, whereas back pain might be a uh, very subjective. When you're looking at uh, somebody with serious post-surgical pain, you can measure how much drugs they're taking. You can watch the wound as it heals. And that's the thing about the laser. When you heal a wound with this laser, you see it heal on a day-by-day basis. You see it accelerate the healing, which is just a remarkable thing to watch and to experience. That visual confirmation, something's yes. happening. Right. Would it be the same type of treatments? Like you mentioned, two treatments, 10 minutes, uh, twice, three times a week? Or when you th- consider some of the wounds, is there a longer duration of treatment? Well, with acute wounds, I like to treat them uh, as often as possible because the whole point is to try to get that wound to heal faster and to re- reduce the pain, reduce the pain use. So with an acute wound, if I can treat somebody twice in the, uh, in the first day, like a couple hours apart, and then treat them daily until they've stopped taking their pain meds. Because if you just treat somebody like twice the first day and once each next couple of days, there's going to be a dramatic improvement on, on their pain. Uh, you'll, you'll see a dramatic improvement on the way the wound is healing. It's just, and so it's a matter of just doing it as often as you can. It's both a matter of convenience, affordability, and just how acute it is. The more pain the person's in, the more I would say get them multiple treatments early because it'll impact their, their state of life, their healing and their life dramatically. Would you point the laser right at the wound? Yes. So could someone technically do this at home? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have for, uh, for some people, I've actually loaned my laser for, uh, there was one uh, uh, nurse anesthetist who had a Jones fracture on her foot. And she couldn't walk. You know, she was non-weight bearing. She lived, you know, she wasn't going to come in anywhere. And I made her a deal where I just, I basically uh, uh, rented a laser inexpensively so she could just treat herself. And she was told that she was going to need major surgery. She was going to be off for like months and months and months. So I just gave it to her. She tre- I showed her how to treat herself, which is really simple to do. And by the time she got back to the doctor three weeks later, when she was supposed to maintain full non-weight bearing, she was already 50% weight bearing and no surgery was necessary. I mean, it also, the other thing it does is it will accelerate the healing of a bone fracture. And there are studies to show that it actually, because the nice thing about, not nice thing, but the one thing about bone fractures is you can do x-rays and you can see it. Right. So just like you can visibly look externally at a wound, if you're looking at x-rays, you can see union, non-union. Right. So we're looking at people who have an x-ray. You can actually document, should you need to, via x-ray, that there's actually further healing of the bone. Yeah, I mean, with to be uh, totally candid, with bone fractures, there hasn't been, uh, a, there's no clearance for lasers, for the acconia laser for bone fractures, but there's so many published studies on the web that talks about using low-level lasers to, rep, to accelerate healing of bone fractures. And I've had that personal experience myself. 
So we've talked about chronic conditions, actually acute on chronic conditions like plantar fasciitis, post-surgical conditions, and then we've talked about fractures. What about chronic pain? I mean, I really think that one of the things that in medicine we have not yet grasped are the best ways to assess and then to treat chronic pain. And one of the big issues that I see with chronic pain that leads to a lot of medication use generally is areas where it's not like you can really rest it. We're talking like chronic back pain, uh, chronic neck pain. These are conditions which are very subjective for someone who experiences them. And sometimes anatomically, you may not see anything on an x-ray or even on an MRI, and someone can have some fairly significant severe pain. How have we been able to incorporate laser treatment for that category of folks? Well, again, uh, the chronic neck and shoulder pain was the very first indication that the coronary laser got an FDA clearance for. That was back in 2002. So we have the studies that show it. Uh, we have a recent study for chronic low back pain uh, that's been completed, and we're waiting for the clearance for that. So the I won't say that chronic conditions are as easy to treat as acute conditions, because acute really is just a matter of pointing and shooting a laser at, at a wound, and it gets better. Same thing with plantar fasciitis for the most part. When you deal with chronic conditions, there, you know, there's so much that often has gotten into that pain. What is the cause of that pain? What, you know, is it posture? Is it injuries? What's, what, what, what has caused it? Uh, so there's often with chronic pain a lot more uh, protocols and additional modalities that one would use to make sure that, we'll, that you'll get it fixed. Because I'm not going to tell you that just shining a laser on a, on a bad back or a bad neck is going to heal it every time. And I guess I would imagine it would be depend on what the condition is. You know, chronic neck pain can be from the nerve. That's called radicular pain. It can be from narrowing of the spine, which is more of what we call a stenosis situation. It could also be from arthritis. It could be from disc displacement. It could be from muscles. So I guess it really depends whether it be neck or low back. What is the etiology of the pain? Are there certain etiologies that lend themselves better to laser treatment than others? Well, uh, anything acute. So if it were to be, I lifted up a 50-pound box and I slipped a disc, that would be susceptible to, not susceptible, but hopefully treated with laser treatment if it's in the acute scenario. If it's in the chronic scenario, maybe a little more difficult? Maybe. It depends on how, you know, when it's been chronic, how long has it been? You know, what, what, what have you tried? But often, you know, uh, uh, lasers would, along with massage or with acupuncture or with chiropractic it, it, or, or just you know, some kind of body work tends to be the associated uh, uh, modality that would go with laser that would help get that, that wound healed faster or that, that pain healed faster. Well, it's also hard because scar tissue, that's another variable. Yeah. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Les Iskovitz, and we're talking today about lasers. How can they help you? What can they be used for? And could we be looking at a way to help treat not just acute, but also chronic pain that currently we may not have under good control, given our current prescribing patterns? When we come back after this quick break, we'll talk some more about some novel approaches to lasers and what might be happening in the next few years. Where do we project lasers to go? We'll be right back after this quick break. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Hawaii Pacific University, and Ulupono Initiative. 
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here learning all about lasers with my buddy here, Les Itzkovitz, and he's talking about a particular laser that has FDA approval, the Erconia laser. This is a specific product that has been studied in what medicine calls the gold standard of all trials, those randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled trials that have shown improvement in both acute and chronic pain in people who have utilized these lasers for their symptoms. And the great part about it is, you know, no side effects, pretty much risk-free, non-invasive. Those three things we we rarely hear about with any type of treatment, even if it's just medication. I mean, even ibuprofen has potential side effects. Tylenol could have side effects. So we talk about this laser treatment. Scar tissue, does that make a difference? Because sometimes I think if you have a lot of scar tissue, whether it be from a surgery, whether it be from multiple surgeries, it might be causing you some acute pain, but it may be coming from a chronic process. Have we utilized lasers in this way? Oh, yeah. I've, I've had great success treating scar tissue. Uh, I've had, I, I had a patient who had a similar surgery to my, to my neck. Uh, and he had his done at MD Anderson. So he had, his, he had a full neck dissection, and it, it looked terrible a month later. And I treated him, and I was able to reduce the scar tissue dramatically just with a series of treatments. How about intra-abdominal scar tissue? It, that might be a little bit harder, but... You know, that one is, I mean, I can't say I've had a lot of experience with that, uh, but based upon the, the, where I've seen scar tissue uh, break down, I, I think that it would be definitely worth the effort of, of treating some internal scar tissue if it's causing significant uh, pain or, or restriction on, on a person. The scar tissues that I tend to work with are more surface with knee or, or hip or any kind of surface scar because we're able to break those down quite rapidly. Now, you've been working with lasers for the last boy, 10, 15 years or so, you've seen a trajectory in how we've initially approached lasers to where we've gotten to now. What have you seen change? Is there uh, greater acceptance? No, unfortunately, I haven't seen much acceptance among the medical profession at all. That's, you know, you know, that's been some of the frustration is, you know, er, er, the medical profession said if you, if you prove things are effective through the gold standard of double-blinded placebo-controlled studies, then we'll take it seriously. So here we've done 13 clearances. We've done all these studies. We have peer-reviewed articles. And I've offered this laser for free for at least 100 surgeons in this town. I said, here, to prove it to you, I'll, I'll give you my laser. It won't cost you a penny. Treat your own patients, and you'll see how it works. And in fact, I've even offered them, if you're too busy, I'll come in and treat your patients. Because if you treat somebody with a wound, you're going to see it heal much faster than you've ever seen it, and then you'll believe it. But what's been frustrating to me is doctors haven't had the interest to even find out for themselves whether or not it works. Well, that's why you're here, Les. I know nothing about lasers. All of a sudden, the next time I have heel pain, you better believe I'm going to find you. I, I want some laser treatment. All right. So now you've seen the medical evidence improve in the last 10 or 15 years. Where do you see the utilization of laser going in the next 10 to 15 years? I mean, I realize there's a lot of slow adoption of, boy, even technology. I mean, everything was on the computer and only recently have a lot of medical practices moved towards electronic medical records. That's sort of one example of one of the ways in which sometimes we're a little sluggish with technology. And yet then again, other times, maybe not so much. We do MRIs and all these other things. So if we look at what has happened in the medical community thus far? Where would you think lasers would be in the next 10 or 15 years? Realistically, and then dream world. So first, let's talk realistic. Well, it's real. it may seem like a fantasy, but it's real. I just came back from a seminar on the mainland. 
uh, and they're doing right now level one clinical studies to prove this, but they're using the laser to reverse the effects of Alzheimer's disease. They're actually growing new brain cells with this laser, and they're treating things like Alzheimer's. They're treating uh, uh, autism. They're treating Parkinson's disease. They're working with the brain in a way that's just extremely exciting. There's no clearances yet, but based upon the studies, uh, uh, it looks it's very exciting, and the science that's there to support it is very, very interesting, very supportive. Now, you say that there's no clearances yet. To get clearances, you have to prove efficacy. Right. You have to, yes. So to determine efficacy, you have to do trials. Correct. So in order to do trials and to do those, we talked about those gold standard trials, you need to actually publish to individuals, if you have this condition, we want to do this potential treatment. Should you sign up, want to be part of the study? Is there anywhere people could find out more about what studies are currently being done? Mm, probably not that easy uh, as far as this, you know, because there's certain uh, investigators on the mainland. I think there's some going on in Israel where they have these studies going on. I don't know that they're... Uh, Might be hard to reach, particularly from Hawaii. Yes. But when they get their results, it's usually published in, you mentioned peer-reviewed journals, and you mentioned that it is looked at by the medical community. What are some of the peer-reviewed journals? If somebody said, I got to keep an eye out for this, I'm going to look in journal X, what is that? Well, I mean, like the plantar fasciitis one would be in a foot journal, uh, foot surgery journal. Uh, There's an article coming up on, they have a recent clearance on onychomycosis, toe fungus. Uh, so it'll be something that podiatrists probably will, in a podiatry journal uh, will we'll be looking at uh, the there's also there's lasers uh, there's uh, I can't remember the exact name of it but there's a, a wound healing study in a, in a peer reviewed article on lasers and surgery uh, so it's uh, there's art, there's magazines on cosmetic surgery uh, because a lot of these lasers are you know for post breast augmentation for liposuction. Uh, those types of surgical things. So the, the, there's a, uh, th- those types of uh, magazines, uh, journals will always have those types of articles. So depending on the specific medical condition, you may actually find more information about the studies before it even hits, you know, commercial news by keeping an eye out in some of these journals. Right. And if you really want to look at what the trials are, you go to a website called clinicaltrials.gov, which is a government-funded website, and you would search on Erconia. And you'll, 30 research studies will come up that, uh, that, that they've sponsored. They're all level one. They're all, peer, they're all uh, double-blinded. And so you'll see you know, all the studies that they use to get the 13 clearances and the Alzheimer's studies there uh, and uh, a lot of other studies that are, that are ongoing. Do you foresee more medical conditions for which lasers are going to be utilized? Yes, I think it's a matter of uh, determining where the... Uh, laser functionality is going to be most effective and where it's going to help the most amount of people. So muscular skeletal is the biggest cause of uh, disability and, and doctor's visits uh, probably. And so when you have a magazine like Functional Neurology, which is a, a, it's a big uh, peer review journal talking about it, then we're in the, in, the, in, the, in the game where these are good journals, good articles, and we just want to do more and more muscular skeletal stuff. Uh, th- what's really exciting, they have a new uh, article that came out where they expose the laser light, the three different wavelengths of lasers that we have, to mesenchymal stem cells they're using to treat renal fibrosis. And in each case, the laser light synergized the stem cells. So it increased the uptake of the stem cells. So those types of things are incredibly exciting because 
stem cells is where the future med- a lot of future medicine people are predicting. But how do you increase their uptake? Well, if, if you could do the stem cells and the laser helps that, how, you know, everybody wins and it's really exciting. But again, it's a matter of getting medical doctors to believe enough in the aspects of how an energetic device, that a light device that they can't understand exactly how it works, how can they, they just have to believe in the science that the peer-reviewed studies show that it works, and that should give them enough reason to actually work with the laser with their patients. Well, and it sounds like really it's all a matter of looking at the science, trying to explain it, but then also, you know, if somebody asked people 100 years ago, how does aspirin work? People may not completely understand what cyclooxygenase pathways, et cetera. So I think there's a lot of learning that has to take place. And I appreciate you coming on, Les, and sharing your expertise with us. And I love the idea if people want to find out more, they can go to either erconia.com or go to clinicaltrials.gov, put in Erconia, get more information. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the new HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We will see you next week. We're going to talk about more exciting health innovations right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then. 449.